Let's continue to give him thanks. Let's continue to honor him. Let's continue to love him. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. We praise your name. We honor you, Jesus. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you and thank you and thank you and thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, hallelujah. One more time, you are welcome to the word of life this morning. It's my belief that the power of his word will bring healing and deliverance to you. And you are going to have an encounter with the Most High God. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's open our Bibles to... So last, last Sunday, we, we looked at love, the covenant born. And getting to the last part of the message, I have to rush the other part of the message. So we are going to start where we left last Sunday. Hallelujah. Now let, So let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Glory to God. So we, we said that the love of Christ, the love of God, is the bond of the new covenant. The love of God is what holds the new covenant together. It is what actualizes the new covenant. It's what makes the new covenant to work. That's why it's the asking which commandment is the greatest in the law, which is the great commandment in the law. It said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And he said, This is the great commandment. Hallelujah. All right. And then we try to look at the word born. And uh, we use so many scriptures to give you the opposite. You know, it means to be entangled, to be saturated, to be tied down, to be tied to. And then we look at, you know, Acts chapter 8, verse 23, how Peter told uh, uh, Simon that he was bound in iniquities, in the wickedness of iniquities. Now, before we go into that, let's read Matthew chapter 7, then we'll go back and look into that word, go deep into that word this morning. So let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read from verse 7. Oh, let me start from verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It said, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye will that men do to men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. 
Now let's stop here for a minute. Is it therefore whatsoever thing that you want men to do to you? Do that to men first. So in other words, whatever you want, whichever way you want people to treat you, whichever way you want men to relate to you, you relate to them that way first. You do it first before they will do it to you. He said, this is the law and the prophets. Meaning that what Jesus was saying here is that this is the summary of the law and the prophets. This is what? This is the summary of the law and the prophets. That whatsoever you will that man should do to you, so so. He said, do ye even so to them. Do ye so even to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is the summary of the law. This is all the law is about. This is the whole message of the law. That whatever you want men to do to you, you do to them first. Hallelujah. This is very important for every one of us to pay attention. Most of times, we Christians, we find ourselves asking questions. Why? we are not receiving the promises of God. It's simple. The promises of God are received as you do them. You put them to work first. Uh, amen. Now, you put the promises of God's word to work. You put them to work first before they will work for you. So do to men the way you want them to do to you. You treat men the way you want them to. And it's true as scriptures. There's only one thing you have to do to men. Only one thing to show them love. Whether they're Gentiles, whether they are Gentiles, whether they are Jewish or they are Christians, you show them love. You do them, you do unto them what you will that they do unto you. And as believers, what we need to do unto them is to show them love. Whether they are born again or not, whether they are Jewish people or they are Gentiles, you show them love. You show them love, you receive love. That's what the scripture says. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sow, that is what he will reap. You sow love, you will reap love. You sow hatred, you will reap hatred. You sow discourse, you will get discourse. You sow backbiting, the same thing you will get. Whatever a man sow, that is what he will reap. That is what he will reap. Remember that they say whatever God sows. They say whatever you, the man, you, the man will sow. Praise the Lord. Now verse 3, verse 13, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for white is the gate, and broad is the way, and leader to destruction, and many there be which go in there. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth into life, and few there be that find it. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothes, and inwardly they are ravening wolves. Inwardly they are wolves. Now, this is so important. It said, beware of false prophets. Now, just as we are false prophets, we are false teachers also. So, most of the time when we we are using the word, it's like we focus a lot on false prophets, but there are a lot of false teachers out there too that would teach the scriptures and, you know, 
hang the law around your neck. Meanwhile, we are in grace, but they will tie the law around your neck for you to obey the law and be under a curse. But take notice of these words. He said, inwardly, inwardly. So your appearance in the sight of God doesn't matter much. It is what is in you. It is your inside that matters to God. It's your inside that matters to God. Remember one summer in first Samuel 16, he went to he went to Jesus to anoint a king. God said, I've had a king for myself. Go anoint a king. When Jesus gathered all his children, as soon as the prophet Samuel saw uh, 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 Jesus' first son, he said, this is God's anointed. He said, this is God's chosen, God's anointed. And God said, Samuel, no, I have rejected him. You are looking at him on his face, but I am looking at him inside. I am looking at inside. He said, man look at the adverse part, the facial part, but I, the Lord, I look inside. I look inside. He's, he was physically qualified, but inside he was disqualified. He didn't have what it takes to be a king. He didn't have the traces. So that is why physical appearance can be deceptive. Don't look at physical appearance. The inside is what matters. Inside, the inner appearance is what matters. And the only thing that can qualify your inner appearance is God's love. Can somebody write it down? The only thing that can qualify you, your inner appearance, the only way that can qualify your inner appearance is God's love. Please write it down as a comment. The only thing that can qualify your inner appearance is God's love. You see, and without God's love qualifying your inner appearance, you are able to do unto men what you will that they do unto you. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? You see, so with your inner appearance being qualified by God's love, you are able to do unto men what you will that they do unto you. Praise the Lord. This is powerful. It's a beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening Wolves. They are wolves. They are wolves. So inner appearance can only be qualified by God's love. You could be physically qualified. You could be naturally qualified. But you see, because men cannot see your heart, cannot know what is in your heart, they might put you there by just a matter of time you'll be exposed. But in the kingdom of God, God will only choose a man and work with a man whose inner appearance has been qualified by his love, has been saturated by his love. His spirit man has emerged into his love. His spirit man has become one with his love. His spirit man has been bound with his love. He has become a born slave of the love of Christ. He has become a what? 
a born slave of the love of Christ. A born slave of the love of Christ. A born slave of the love of Christ. So when your inner man becomes a born slave of the love of Christ, you are qualified in the natural to take up the plan and purpose of God for your life and to walk in His will and to be placed in high esteem. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed this morning? Then verse 16, he went on to say this, you shall know them by their fruits. He said, you shall know them by what? By their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. So you will know this kind of people by their fruits. You see, and, and we are told in the book of Galatians, he said this, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, you will notice that in Galatians chapter 5, even though he said he used the word fruit, he didn't use the word fruits. He said fruit. But you will notice that he mentioned love, he mentioned faith, he mentioned other components, he mentioned a lot, but he said fruit. We'll come to that later on. It's, then he said, you shall know them by their fruit. So do men gather graves of thorns of figs of thistles. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth an evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth an evil fruit. So it is, it is so important to, to, to study scriptures and notice that for you to bear fruit in the kingdom of God, it has to do with the man inside you. It has to do with what? The man inside you. It has to do with your spirit, not your physical appearance. It has to, you see, he started by saying, beware of false prophets. Are you getting it? Beware of false prophets who comes to you in the form of a sheep or in the form of, they come as shepherds. Meanwhile, they are wolves, ravening wolves. He said, beware of them. Now, why would these people come to you in that manner? Because the man inside them is corrupt. The man inside them is evil. The man inside them is evil. So it is your spirit man that it is the love of God in your spirit man that qualifies you to be part of the plan and purpose of God, to walk in God's will. He said, every good tree bring forth good fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth an evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth an evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. My prayer for you is that you will become a slave of God's love. Say with me, I am a slave of God's love. One more time. I am a slave of God's love. This, that, that is the only way you, can, you will be treated right. Whatever you want men to do to you, do that to them first. See, so if you don't become a slave of God's love, you cannot treat men with the love of Christ. 
And if you cannot treat men with the love of Christ, you will get whatever you treat them. You will treat them with bad and you will get bad. Praise the Lord. Say with me one more time. I am a slave of God's love. One more time. I am a slave of God's love. And then let's say it this way. I am a prisoner of God's love. Let's repeat that one more time. I am a prisoner of God's love. It is so important to become a slave. It is so important to become a prisoner of God's love. Because that is the only way to live in this kingdom. That is the only way to make exploits in this kingdom. That is the only way to bring forth good fruits in this kingdom. Hallelujah. All right. With this understanding, <clears throat> let's look at the word bound as we go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. Colossians chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. If you don't know where Colossians is, look for Philippians. The moment you see Philippians, you will see Colossians. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to, I'm going to read verse 10 first. It's so important for us to, to understand certain things. Verse 9 and 10. It says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. The old man wasn't capable of being a slave of God's love. The, your old nature wasn't capable of being a what? Being a slave of God's love. Your old nature, your old mannerisms, your flesh, your old man wasn't capable of becoming a servant of God's love, a slave of God's love, a prisoner of God's love. It wasn't capable. So the scripture said, put it off. Put that old man off. Hallelujah. Do what? Put the old man off. Your old self wasn't capable of God's love. That's why God did not waste time by pouring his love into your old self. God only poured his love into us when the man inside us became new. But we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. When we made Jesus our Lord and Savior, the Lord poured his love into our heart. Why? Now our spirit is right with him. Our spirit can become prisoners of God's love, servants of God's love, slaves of God's love. So the scripture says, lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man. Seeing that you have put off the old man. The old man is no longer there. Just like after every occasion, let's say you go out and you come back home. Before you go out, you dress up. You put on your clothes. When you come back, you do what? You put them off. You see, in the realm of the spirit and according to the plan and purpose of God for our lives, this old man, you put it off and you never go back to put him on again. As you have put off the old man, you put on the new man. That's why Ephesians chapter 4 says, put on the new man, which is renewed after the knowledge of God. You put on the new man. Praise the Lord. All right. 
So look at um, verse 11, uh, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. That's the scripture I just quoted, Colossians 3, uh, 10. We say, where, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, sentient, born nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all. This last phrase is so important for you to understand. Christ is all. Christ is what? All and in all. This is the bedrock of the New Testament. This is the foundation. This is the root of the new covenant. That Christ is what? Is all and in all. Christ is everything and in everything. So as New Testament believers, our central message must be Christ crucified, risen, and seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for you and I, giving us his Holy Spirit to help us to live like him so that we also can be called his disciples. And that is why they call us Christians, Christ-like. We look like Christ. We behave like Christ. Why? He said, love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Hallelujah. This is what the New Testament is all about. It's Christ Jesus and nothing else. In, in the New Covenant, we don't have to bother about the law and the Ten Commandments and all those. When, when Christ becomes all and is everything, when Christ is all and in all in your life, there will be no place for error. When Christ becomes all, when Christ is all and in all, if he is all in your life, if he is all in everything in your life, there's, you, you don't have to bother about the devil. You don't have to bother about any other commandment. Praise the Lord. Christ is all in your life. Then he went on to say this, how to make Christ all. But Christ is all and in all. How to make this real. He went on, he said, he said therefore, he said, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowers of mercies, kindness, humbleness of my meekness, long-suffering. Now these are the virtues. These are the qualities. Now, these are the Christian's character traces that will make Christ is all and in all in your life. Listen carefully. These are Christian character traces. These are Christian virtues that will make Christ is all and in all in your life. And he mentioned them. He said kindness. Humbleness of man, meekness, long suffering. And if you go to Galatians chapter 5, you will see the continuation of those virtues. Then verse 13 it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Verse 14 And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. You see, so all the virtues of Christ, 
all the virtues of Christianity, faith, meekness, gentleness, patience, long-suffering, kindness, temperance, all the nine virtues, or let's say the nine fruit of the Spirit, all of them will make Christ is all and in all in your life. They will do what? They will make Christ is all and in all in your life. But how would they make Christ is all and in all in your life? It is true love. <clears throat> it is true what? It is true his love. That's what the verse 40 says. Above all these things, he's talking about the other virtues. As a Christian, above these other virtues, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So the love of Christ binds these other Christian virtues and makes Christ is all and in all in your life. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. You see, that is why so many Christians, they are certain, you look at them and you can see that certain things are missing. The reason why certain things are missing is that the first most important thing that needs to be there is missing. They have not enslaved themselves into the love of Christ. They've not done what? They've not enslaved themselves into the love of Christ. And because they have not enslaved themselves into the love of Christ, it has become impossible for Christ to become all and in all in their lives. Christ is all and in all. It has become impossible for them. He said, above all distance, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Above all distance, put on love. Put on love. Put on love. It is the love of Christ that will cause you to do unto men what you want them to do unto you. It is the love of Christ that will cause Christ to be all and in all in your life. Christ is all and he, he said Christ is all and in all in your life. He becomes everything in your life. He is everything in your life and has become everything in your life. This is very important. Make no mistake about the power of God's love. Make no mistake about it. If it is not there, all the virtues of Christianity will fall flat. Today you will go for peace and then the next day you know peace is slipping out of your hands. And then you go for joy before you know joy is slipping out of your hands. Then you go for long suffering before you know long suffering is slipping out of your hands. Then you go for temperance before you know temperance is go. You, you go for patience. You go for faith. All of the virtues, the fruit of the spirit, they'll be slipping. You can't hold them. So tomorrow you go and catch this. You go and catch this one. And that is what is, is happening in the church. We, they teach you all these virtues. You know, to have this, to have joy, to have love, to have uh, to have peace, to walk in peace, to have all of Let me tell you, if we start walking in love, all these virtues, is like magnet, they'll be attracted 
to the love of God. They will just come and bind themselves into God's love. They will come and do what? And bind themselves into God's love. When you start walking in love, when you become a servant of God's love, when you become a prisoner of God's love, when you become a slave of God's love, all the other Christian virtues will be will bind themselves into God's love. They will do what? They will bind themselves into God's love. So you would you wouldn't need to be chasing after each one of them. That is the truth. You wouldn't need to be chase, chasing after each one of them. They will just be drawn into, into the love of Christ that is in you. Each one of them is a magnet. The love of Christ will pull these virtues into you. Let's look at those virtues. Let's just for you know, emphasis, let's look at them in Galatians chapter 5. Let's look at these virtues that we are talking about. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. Against such there is no law. You see that? So, so when you are when you when you become a prisoner of God's love, when you become a servant of a slave of God's love, the love of Christ that is in you will pull all that gifts. Or other gifts will be attracted to God's love. They will bind themselves into God's love. They will just be pulling themselves into you. You, you wouldn't have to seek after them. The love of Christ that is in you will bind those virtues into you. That's what the scripture says that as such there is against such there is no law. There is no law. You can't walk in the fruit of the Spirit and fail the test of the law. Can you write this down as a comment? You cannot walk in the fruit of the Spirit and fail the test of the law. Let me say this. You cannot walk in the fruit of the Spirit and break the commandments that were under the old covenant. It is not possible. It is not. So the moment you walk in love, you will have fulfilled the commandment, the law. Remember Romans chapter 13? Romans chapter 13. Let's go to Romans 13 real quick. Romans 13. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Romans 13 verse 8. He said, Oh, no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled what? The law. You see that? Has fulfilled the law. There were 10 commandments in the law, in the old covenant, and about 600 plus laws. Or you were to obey all these laws. But the scripture is saying that doing one thing would have made you to fulfill all these 600 plus laws. And that's what? Love one another as you love yourself. Love one another as you love yourself that would have made you to fulfill the law verse 9 says for this that shall not commit adultery that shall not kill that shall not steal that shall not bear false witness that shall not covet and if there be any other commandment it is briefly comprehended in this saying 
namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You see that he's bringing the Ten Commandments here, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not, and he said that love is the fulfillment of this. See, love is the fulfillment of what? Thou shalt not kill. Love is the fulfillment of that shall not steal. Love is the fulfillment of that shall not bear false witness. Love is the fulfillment of that shall not covet. That shall not uh, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Love is the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments and any other law in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So that is when you walk in love, these other Christian virtues will bind themselves into God's love that is in you. And that will make it impossible for you to break the laws that were given in the old covenant. Verse 10 says, Love working no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it is important for us to understand that the new covenant Listen carefully. You cannot, even though you be, you are born again. Let me say this: you can be born again as a new covenant child, and yet not see the covenant work for you. It will look like it will look as if you are not in the covenant. It will look as if the covenant is not manifesting in your life. Is the reason is that what binds the you to the covenant is God's love. What binds you to the covenant is what? Is God's love. For example, what binds you in a marriage is your love for your partner. Amen? What binds you in a marriage is what? Is your love for your partner. Not because you are in the same house with the person. Not because you are in the same room with the person. It is your love for your wife that binds you in that marriage. To that marriage. It is your love for your husband, your love for your wife. That binds you. In, so you are in the covenant doesn't mean that you are bound to that covenant. What binds you to that covenant? What binds you to that covenant is the love of Christ in your heart. You becoming a servant, a slave, a prisoner of his love. And this is the reason why we don't see the new covenant manifesting the way it usually manifests. So we go back and we read the stories in the old covenant and we want those stories to manifest. We want to see the miracles that happen in Egypt. We want to see the hand of God coming heavily. We want to see the judgment of God falling upon our enemies immediately. The reason why the old covenant was said that way because God's love was not shared abroad in their heart. God's love was not poured into their heart. But if they make any physical effort walking in love, God manifested in their lives. But in the new covenant, the thing is inner issue. The thing is with your spirit, not with your flesh. So in your flesh, you can be, you know, you can be crying and wailing and calling upon God to avenge you. But God sees your heart. He knows what is in your heart. He knows that in your heart, you are not walking in love. He knows you are, an, you are, you are a hypocrite. You know, he knows you are a deceiver, a liar, a cheat, a backbiter, a frontbiter, all the biters. He knows you are inside. So he cannot, he cannot act on your behalf. But if your heart, your spirit man is become slave, a prisoner of God's love. He knows. He knows the heart of every man. 
He said the heart of every king is in the hand of God. He knows the heart of, he said the eyes of God runs through and flow to show himself perfect to those heart, to those whose heart are perfect towards him. So all the, all the things that we saw in the old covenant can happen 10 times more, 100 times more in the new covenant under one condition. You becoming a prisoner of his love. And the reason you need to do that is for other virtues to manifest in your life. For other virtues to do what? To manifest in your life. And you see, and in the new covenant, he didn't say that love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. No. Jesus was quoting the law. So most Christians, they, they still read this scripture in Matthew, that shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. And they think that that is the new commandment given to us. That's, that commandment is the New Testament commandment. No, the New Testament commandment is this. You will love one another as I have loved you. You see that? You will do what? You will love one another as I have loved you. So it is possible to see so many Christians loving God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. You know, they have all kinds. You will just see that they love God. But it is also possible for those same Christians not to have love towards one another. It is also what it is also possible for such Christians not to have love for one another, not to be able to love one another as Christ has loved them. And that becomes an hindrance into the manifestation of the promises of God in their lives, into the manifestation of the blessings of God into their, in their lives. That becomes an obstacle for them to enjoy the grace of God, the favor of God, for them to be blessed materially, spiritually, mentally, financially, for them to be blessed in their heart. It becomes difficult. And they are wondering, but what is it? I love the Lord with all my heart. I am so passionate for God. I do all these things for God. But why is the miracle not coming? Why is the healing not coming? That is not what, that is not a commandment given to you. That commandment was not meant for you. It was meant for those under the law. It was meant for those who were spiritually dead. You are now are spiritually alive. And God said we should love one another as he has loved us. That is the commandment given to us. So most Christians are missing up when it comes to the blessings of God in this new covenant. Because the new covenant cannot manifest fully except we fulfill the terms of the covenant. And the terms of the new covenant is to love one another as Christ has loved us. That is the tense of the new commandment. That is what binds you to the new commandment. The new covenant. That is what, what binds you to the new commandment. So love is the bond of the new covenant. Love is what? It is the bond of the new covenant. Love is the bond of the new covenant. It is upon love that the new covenant manifests. And let me say this, it is upon this word, it is upon love, which is to love one another as Christ has loved you, that makes the new covenant to work in your life. That makes what? The new covenant to work in your life. That will make the new covenant to work in your life. Look, it is possible to be saying, I am under grace, I'm not under the law, I am blessed, I am this, 
I am this and still not experience blessings. Oh yes. It is possible to, to appropriate all the blessings in the new covenant and still not experience them. It is possible to be say, I am blessed and never experience blessings. It is possible to say you are healed and never experience healing. It is possible. It is important for you to confess that way, but it is also possible for those confessions not to work if you fail this test. Because what will make the covenant work is to love one another as Christ have loved you. That will make the covenant to work. Hallelujah. That will do what? That will make the covenant to work in your life. That will make the covenant to work in your life. Unfortunately, most Christians are not willing. They love the Lord all right. They love the Father all right. They cry before him. They worship him. They roll on the floor. When it comes to praise and worship, they are the most praisers in the kingdom. They can praise and jump and sing and do all kinds of things. But they have failed the test of the commandment. They have failed the test of the covenant. They have what? They have failed the test of the... I told you a story, Kenneth Hagen shared, how a woman that was well respected, everybody hold this woman in high esteem. They knew that she has the fruit of this. They knew that she was genuine, she was sincere. And Hagen wanted God to have spoken to this woman other than somebody else that everybody thought was, no, not all that, not all that. And then God opened Hagen's eyes and brought the woman's fire. He said, you are looking at her on her facial expressions, on her physical appearance. Look at her heart. Look at her heart. He said, she has rebelled against me. She has been walking in rebellion. You see that? What is, I mean, this is a person that everybody is holding, everybody is praising, everybody says, oh, for this person, oh, for this person, oh, man, she's a wonderful Christian. So don't be impressed by physical manifestations. Don't be impressed by emotional displays. Those things cannot qualify you. It is the love of Christ in your heart that will qualify you for the blessings in the kingdom of God. Can somebody say amen? Love is the bond of the new covenant. Love. Love one another. As I have loved you. Is what will provoke. The covenant to work in your life. Is what will do what? Is what will provoke the covenant. To work in your life. Uh, this is serious. This is serious. It, it is not the devil that will stop you from being blessed. It is your failure to put this commandment to work that will block your blessings. The devil is not strong to keep you all these years in that condition. No, he's not. We've given the devil too much credit. So many Christians have given the devil so much credit that he doesn't deserve all these things that we talk about him. The devil is this. They tell the powerful demons, powerful men. We have more powerful angels of God that are watching us. We have more powerful archangels that are watching us every single day, providing for us, shielding us, guiding us. Let's be more conscious of the angels of God around us and stop this demonic 
nonsense going on. The devil is about to take over the world. New world order. What and what? What? I mean, can you imagine, believers? They want to go to heaven, but they don't want the reign of the enemy on this earth. It's not possible. Before Christ will come, you know, look, we are not going to be here for the new world order to be in place. We are not going to be here. We are not going to experience the reign of the Antichrist. So live your life. Be free from every fear that all these people are put on you. Be free from those fears. Put the love of God to work. There is no fear in love. That was his, is that what the scripture says? Yeah, there's no fear in love. If you are full of love, you have no fear. The worst thing is that the next minute you will be with Christ Jesus. Dancing in his presence. Celebrating with him. Rejoicing in his presence. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. So we should stop pumping fear into the body of Christ. Let's stop pump. I don't care who is the president and who is not the president. We should stop putting fear in believers' heart. We should stop that. Let's put love in their heart. There is no fear in love. There is no what? Fear in love. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. I'm going to enjoy my life here on earth with absolutely no fear. No whatsoever. No fear. I am in love with the Father. And I'm in love with the brethren. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you excited this morning? This covenant is so potent. This covenant is so powerful than the old one. But this clause has to be fulfilled before you can see the covenant work for you. There is no fear in love. So you come to the point of love and fear will vanish from your heart. When, when, when you come to the point of love, you will, be, you, you will be saturated with eternal life so much to the point that you don't care what happens. That's what possible. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? See that Romans chapter 8. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? What shall separate us? And he mentioned all the various things that humanly could separate any couple, could separate any people who have vowed to love each other. But for us, absolutely, he said, he mentioned too, he said, neither life nor death can separate you from the love of God. So please remain calm. Remain cool. Hallelujah. Look at the same Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verse uh, um, 13 to, 14, uh, to 15. It says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Now, he's talking about the new covenant. He said, under the new covenant, you and I, we have been called into what? Into liberty. What is liberty? Freedom. Liberty, freedom, deliverance. Absolutely deliverance. Absolute liberty. We have been called into freedom. And look at what he said. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. You see that? Do not give the flesh an opportunity. In this liberty that has been given to you. 
but by love. But by what? But by love, serve one another. You see that? By love, do what? Serve one. That is why I say, until you become a prisoner of God's love. I'm sorry for you. You must, look, look, it's a by, by love, serve one another. But by love, serve one another. Hey, folks, listen to me. You are a born slave of God's love. You are a prisoner of God's love. You are a slave of God's love. Let this sink inside, in, inside your mind. Let it sink in you. Let it go deep into your innermost being. Let it be rooted in you. That you are a born slave. You are a prisoner of his love. When that happens, you will serve one another in love. But by love, serve one another. But by love. Please underline this statement in your Bible. But by love, do what? Serve one another. Serve one another. That is how the covenant would work. By love, serve one another. That is how the covenant will work for you. Write this down as a statement. By love, serve one another. That is how the covenant, the new covenant, will work for you. Please write it as a comment. By love, serve one another. That is how the new covenant will work for you. By love, serve the brethren. Serve one another. That is how the new covenant will work for you. The verse 14 it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now watch this. Under the law, it was fulfilled by you loving your neighbor as yourself. Under the old covenant. But in the new covenant, the new covenant is fulfilled by we loving one another, not as ourselves, but as Christ has loved us. And how did Christ love us? He loved us by giving himself for us, by giving his body as a sacrifice for us. He loved us by dying for our sins. He loved us by what? By forgiving all our sins, both past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But the new covenant is fulfilled in one word. Love one another as I have loved you. Do what? Love one another as I have loved you. Verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed of what? One another. Hallelujah. Then he went on to say, verse 10, This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So please, without love, without you binding yourself, without you becoming a born servant of his love, the covenant can't work. The covenant cannot do what? The covenant cannot work. The covenant cannot work until this part of the, 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 the commandment is fulfilled. 
loving one another as Christ has loved you. So it is possible. This is this is spiritual diagnosis. It is possible to love the Lord, you know, with all your heart, you know, worshiping with love and all of those things. But if this commandment is not fulfilled, you will not still see the covenant work for you. That you love one another as Christ has loved you. You see, it is easy to love God. But the only proof that you love God is to is the if your love for the ones you can see, the people around you. That's why First John says that if we say we love God, who we cannot see, and hate the brethren that we can see, he says, how do all the love of God in us? How can we say that the love of God dwells in us? How can we say that we love God but we hate? the brethren around us. We hate the Gentiles around us. We hate the unbelievers around us. We hate those who are not of our faith. We hate those who have not given their life to Christ. How can we say that the love of Christ dwells in us? And that is what the church has, the church is missing today. That is what the church is missing today. They claim they love God. They are doing God's will, but they hate unbelievers with passion. They hate other men who are not of this faith with passion. And they express it in their messages. They express it in their talking. They express it in their political views. How dwelleth the love of Christ in us? Let's conclude that in 1 John. Let's go to 1 John for that scripture. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if we so love God, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. His love is what? Is perfected in us. You've not seen God at any time. But if you profess that you love God, the proof of that is when you love one another. The proof of that is what? Is when you love one another. That is the proof of it. That is the proof of that. You love one another. Praise the Lord. Now look at look at this. First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. It says, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of Christ, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one, our lives for the brethren. But whosoever hated this has this word goods, and says his brother have need, and shutted up his bowels of compassion for him. Had dwelleth the love of God in him. How what had dwelleth the love of God in him? And, and, and I mean, because we don't have time, in that same first John. You will notice I said that if you hate the brother that you can see, how dwelleth the love of God in you? How dwelleth the love of God in you? So the only proof that you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, the only proof that you love God is to be able to demonstrate it to those who are not even of the same faith with you. He's able to, to demonstrate it to those who are not yet born again. 
and those who are born again to demonstrate it to the brethren and to demonstrate it to those who are not yet born again. Hallelujah. If we only love those who love us, Jesus said, what profit do we have for it? Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and I believe that will be our last Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 5. And let's, let's look at this scripture where Jesus said here, um, Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 as we conclude he says think not that I am come to destroy the Lord not the prophets I am not come to destroy but to fulfill for very last entity heaven earth pass one jot or one little shall in no wise pass from the Lord to all be one to all be fulfilled he said not one one from the law will be left out everything in the law will be fulfilled and how did Jesus do that? He fulfilled the law with the love of the Father. Jesus was the man who fulfilled the law with the love of the Father. That is why sinners were able to come to him. That is why prostitutes were able to come to him. And he demonstrated the love of Christ to them. Praise the Lord. That's why he went on to say that if you love those who love you, what profit will you get from that? So unbelievers also do that. Unbelievers will also what will also do that. So loving one another as Christ has loved us is the bond of the new covenant. Is what will make the new covenant work for you. Let's keep this in mind. The new covenant is only fulfilled under one condition. You love one another as Christ has loved you. That includes those who are not in the faith. It includes what? Those who are not in the faith. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voice and bless the Lord for his word this morning. Let's thank you. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this word that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, that by the commandment you have given us, the covenant is working in our lives. We appreciate you, Father. Thank you, and thank you, and thank you, and thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Now, let me, let me say this. In case you are watching and you've not made Jesus your Lord and Savior, there's no way you are going to love those who are not in the same faith with you. You might try to love those who are of the same faith. You can only do that when you receive his love. You can only receive his love when you receive him. If you want to receive his love, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in the book of life. By this confession, I know I am born again. Baptize me, Jesus, with your Holy Spirit and with evidence of speaking in tongues. Thank you, Father, for pouring your love into my heart. And thank you, that I am able from this day to love the brethren and to love those out there 
as you have loved me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited that you prayed this prayer and you are now a brand new person. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Please leave us a comment. Let us know that you gave your life to Christ on this broadcast and we will reach out unto you. We will pray with you, keep you in our prayers and help you to grow your faith in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Please join us next week as we continue our teachings in God's love. I believe there's so much that we need to know about God's love. But remember, it is your spirit man becoming a prisoner to God's love, a servant, a slave of God's love that will make the covenant work for you in Jesus' precious name. I release that love upon you. I release the presence and the glory and the power of God upon you. I decree that this week will be the best week ever in your life. You will encounter the favor of God. Men will bless you. Your going out is blessed. Your coming in is blessed. Whatever you lay your hands to do, it will prosper. It will succeed in the name of Jesus Christ. And all those who will come against you will be smitten before you in Jesus' name. Every wall of Jericho against your life is removed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Every resistance in the realm of the Spirit against your destiny is removed right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That obstacle is broken. That yoke is destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree healing in your bodies right now. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. From that demonic oppression, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Be loosed by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. I cover you and your families with the blood of Jesus Christ. You are secure in God's love. In Jesus' precious name. Peace. Shalom. Let's share the goodness together in fellowship. Surely, God's goodness and mercies are flowing us all the days of our lives. And we are dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Say it loud and clear to yourself. Surely, God's goodness and mercies are following me all the days of my life. And I am dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless every one of you and keep you. Please share the word on your timeline with your friends in Jesus' name. Peace. Shalom.